Harry Butthole Podcast is produced in partnership with Joy Sauce. Harry Butthole. Welcome to Harry Butthole Podcast. This is a podcast based on the Korean saying, if you laugh while crying, hair grows out of your butthole. I'm your host, Young Me Mayor. And, you know, every week I have a guest and the guest, I ask them to share a sad story and then we laugh about it. I don't know why I'm doing the intro very NPR-y this week. Usually I try <laughs> Sounds to... great. <laughs> Usually I try to give the old razzle-dazzle, but this week I'm going NPR, NPR, ASMR, <laughs> NPR. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce this week's wonderful guest. Our guest this week is an amazing comedian. You might have seen her in Rolling Stone. Give it up, everyone, for Maria Dakotis. Hi, I'm here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> One thing you could say about Maria, she is here. She's I'm here. I'm indeed here. Mm-hmm. No indeed. one can say I'm not. <laughs> you can't. You know what you can say about Maria, that she wasn't here, because she is here. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I We were just talking about how much I love your videos. They got me through COVID. Oh, thank you. So did yours. Truly. <laughs> and speaking of getting through COVID, do you remember like when COVID started, we were like texting each other every day. I feel like you were a lifeline. We were, we were. And I like really appreciated that we were able to like connect like that. I'm also like, I hope I wasn't like trauma dumping on you. <laughs> oh, no, I think we were both just trauma dumping on each other. So it was more just like commiserating. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we we're. I think we both kept being like, "Am I crazy? No, mm-hmm. you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy." Like we were just, we were just, uh, you know, comforting each other about not not being crazy. Yeah, and I appreciated that so much. It's like I really value that in a friend. <laughs> the funny thing I think is that what I got from our interactions those early interactions because we had just become friends and then COVID Mm -hmm. happened and we're like communicating through text I always Mm -hmm. think that there's types of personalities where you are so empathic and so sort of emotionally intelligent and level-headed that you're constantly questioning if you're insane (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah opposite yeah Yeah, I feel that like, I feel that about you too, especially like, you know, listening to your podcast and everything. I just feel like, yeah, you're super emotionally intelligent. And you, you just like, really make space for other people's emotions. And, uh, and you like are thinking about what they're saying, and responding like exactly to what they're saying, you know, like you are, a you're much more of like a a listening podcast host than just like, Oh, I'm just going to talk into a microphone, you know, like, there's an art to this. And you're really good at it. Oh my god, thank you for saying that. I feel like I'm just always like interested in people's emotions. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That and comes through. Thank you. Well, I don't understand people who are not. Like I'm always like fascinated. I'm like, what do you how do you feel about this? And like why do you feel that way? You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting to like I just feel like everybody in the world is interesting in that aspect you know yeah absolutely and we all have such different perspectives on things that like the more that you listen to someone talking about their emotions or how they feel or their perspective like 
the better understanding you have is like of people who are different from you, you know? Yeah. And I, and like, just like interviewing people now for a few years, I feel like everyone's reactions like fascinate me, like their emotional, um, like what's that called? Where something makes you do something, their emotional motivation. Yeah, maybe maybe motivation. I feel like there's another word, but motivation um, is pretty spot on. I think objective. I think oh. it's. I think I'm gonna go with motivation. Like, yeah, exactly. Like the motivation, the emotional motivation for people to behave. For me, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And even when people like, because like I never know what someone's gonna be like until I interview them. You know, even people people that are my friends. Like it's very different. Like talking yeah. into a microphone, and if they shut down or something like that, that's. A, that's also like fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because being interviewed and being like recorded and it's scary. It's a different thing than just sitting and talking with a friend and like knowing a bunch yeah. of people are going to be listening to this. Like I, I get really nervous being interviewed. Like every time I've been interviewed on a podcast, I've been really nervous, to be honest. Oh, do you feel yeah. nervous right now? I do. Yeah, I do. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> Does it feel different to you than when you do stand-up? Yeah, it does. Because, I mean, kind of like what you were saying before about how you you like doing more like improvisational stuff on stage and like instead of doing prepared material over and over again, I think I kind of cling to the safety of like that prepared material. It's like, Mm. well, no matter what, I could always just like tell this joke that I know always works or whatever if I'm like bombing or, you know, and and also just having like a personal conversation is is scary knowing it's going to be recorded I'm like ooh, what if I say something that I regret or I say the wrong thing or I don't like fully articulate myself in the way that I want to or like I think those things scare me too but also I feel way more comfortable like talking to you than like some some of the other people who have interviewed me who I just didn't really know or you know right yeah, it's like I always forget that part because I do it so much now. And I'm like, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't share their thoughts publicly, you know, and that is a scary thought for people who don't do it. Um, Obviously, mm-hmm. you you do as an entertainer. But like you said, you have like these structured jokes that you can kind of control and perfect and say exactly what you want to say. It's like it is very different than a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's interesting because I always notice that when I interview comedians, they're just so much better at this sort of medium, you know, than any other creative because, Mm -hmm. duh, like if you're like a writer, you don't really have a lot of um, experience talking into a mic or even if you're a musician or something like that, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. Yeah, so we're almost at the end of... T- oh, this is the last episode of 2022, so maybe we should do like a little oh recap because it's going to come out next week. Oh, yeah. What was your 2022 recap, Maria? Oh, man. <laughs> 2022 was a hard year, to be honest. Um, I feel like I had a lot of like big changes and... A lot of like struggling to like get on my feet and to get to like a place where I was emotionally okay and like a lot of healing and a lot of rest. Um, I would say that this year, 
like started out really rough, but then once I got into it, I was able to find a lot of rest and healing and like doing things just for the joy of doing them just because they felt good and um and just really valuing that time rather than just focusing so much on my career or like getting ahead or like you know being successful I feel like I spent so much time on that like during the pandemic but Mm. this year I really was like I need to just be enough like as a human being and I just need to just honor myself that I am enough just being (laughs) I feel like that's my 2022 recap that's like so hard to do I honestly that's like hard that's what I was talking to my therapist about today because I talked to my therapist today and I was like I was like no I I totally know how to fucking relax (laughs) (laughs) obviously and and she was like well well she was like do you ever have just like a day where you don't do any work and it fucking dawned on me that I don't Mm-hmm. not even one single day goes by where elite, like minimally I'll check my emails and do like 20 minutes to an hour of like work related emails you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really like, hard yeah and she was like well why and I was like she she made this analogy she was like you know you're you're trying to build a career so it feels like you're pushing a boulder up up the hill and if you let go of the boulder boulder for a second it's gonna roll all the way back down um and I was like that's what it feels like but it also feels like if I take a break and the boulder doesn't roll back down it's it's gonna not be moving and then if I take a break for a week or whatever I'm gonna lose a week of that boulder going up the mountain do you know what I mean oh my gosh yeah that is such a great analogy for that I yeah I feel that I feel like the part of me this year has had to let go of, I guess, like, let go of the boulder for a minute and just, like, let it sit there or roll down or just not worry about the boulder so much. But, yeah, it's really hard not to because you feel like, like we were talking about in the the rat race of content, you know, that we always have to be creating stuff. And if we're not, then, like, what are we even doing? And so... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's also because I feel like as artists are like, being an artist isn't just like a job, you know, it's your mm-hmm. whole life, it's your whole lifestyle. It's like a, yes, some people, it's like a spiritual calling. It's like not something that's disconnected from you. It is, it is you, it is a part of you. And so your identity is sort of wrapped up in that. And yeah. And you feel if you let it go, then you're letting like a part of yourself go. Mm-hmm. Which is also super hard. That was something I'm struggling. I have to say, dick sucking jokes. That's my, that's my spiritual calling right there. So um, <laughs> it's my identity. It's yes. very important to me. Um, it's your form of prayer. Pray, girl. Well, exactly. <laughs> Maria gets it. Um, no, and but I was telling my therapist that I was like, also like when I write jokes i enjoy it this like i would much rather be doing this than relaxing you know or Mm -hmm. anything else and like i really (laughs) love it i Mm -hmm. it is work but i i love doing it so it's we and it's like you said it's like my part of my identity you know it's like we write jokes about ourselves and that that sounded really like narcissistic but like it's like i love thinking about myself you know like um (laughs) 
No, it's not. I mean, that's being a comedian is writing jokes about yourself so that other people can, you know, relate to it. It has to be personal. Yeah. Just because it's it's personal doesn't mean it's narcissistic, you know? Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah, because like, obviously, it's like we're trying to find our own lived experiences in order to connect with other people so they feel seen. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's really interesting that you brought that up because I literally just just ended my session with my therapist and then I was like man I can't I fucking don't know how to relax (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah but I'm really glad that you made room for that for yourself um this year what brought that on was there like a specific event or did you just like focus on making sure to do that yeah I think it was a combination of like events and then also just like my body just not allowing me to to live the way that I used to live. Like it just came to like a point where like my body just would not do that lifestyle that I was doing anymore. Like I couldn't force myself to do it anymore. I was just like, wow, I really just cannot get up or I just, I can't do it. Like my body will not go. It will not move to go do that show or it will not, send that email like I just couldn't I just realized it it was like telling me that you need to stop and I was like okay I guess I have no choice like it kind of felt like I don't have a choice (laughs) yeah it's like if you don't take a break your body will just break at one point yeah yeah Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that but I'm really glad that you're finding a place where you can find rest um, can I ask you something? Where are where are you? Because I see like a forest or something out here. <laughs> yeah, there is a forest. I'm uh, I'm at my parents' house in Georgia. Oh. Um, so I grew up in Georgia. Uh, this is we're we're in a suburb of Atlanta. So this is like a yeah. I live like I'm surrounded by trees, and uh, it's pretty nice. Are you there yeah. for the holidays, or have you? You didn't move there, did you? No, I'm here for the holidays, and then I'm actually going to move to L.A. for a little while at least. I don't know how long, but just to just to try it out and, like, get out of the New York winter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't do it. I don't have one more winter in me. I'm sorry. It's- that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I can't do one more. <laughs> I need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of bodies breaking, it's just like, I can't do it. I know. I mean, you've been in New York a long time, haven't you? How long have you been in New York? This is, it's been 10 years now. Yeah. So you, you deserve a a winter, a warm winter somewhere. Well, this year I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to Thailand January 2nd. So I'll be there for the entire month, which I think will help. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause then whatever, I'll just have like two and a half more months to deal with. I'll be like reset. Even just a month break is going to be huge, I think. Yeah, but I'm not going to yeah. be able to relax. I'm going to be trying to do work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But will it be warm? It'll be warm, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's fine. Um. Well, so, you know, I always have a guest on to share a sad story, but I thought, and I, I usually share a sad story, and I have, like, an interesting story, which is sad, but interest it's like something that never really occurred to me until now oh there's a sad story and then there's a funny story so the sad story 
Um, not the same. Po- not the same story. It's both uh, two parts of a bigger, larger okay. concept. So, yeah. Um, so wait. okay. So I'm a I'm a single person. This is very mm-hmm. important for me to say this in this way. I'm a single person. I made the conscious decision to be single, um, and you know, well, I did this a while ago because I realized that I was a serial monogamist, but then I did end up having one relationship last year, which was very healthy. It's probably the healthiest relationship I've, I've ever had. And I think it was because I took that break where I consciously decided to be single and I mm-hmm. learned so much. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like over a year long that I was single, but I'm back to being like purposefully single. And, but I do sleep with a lot of people cause I like having sex and it's very empowering, I think, and important for me because I was raised to feel like as a woman that that's bad. And mm-hmm. intellectually, I don't believe that. But I, I still, I think, have all these old things that I like guilt myself over, you know, having casual sex and yeah, these old ideas that I can't get rid of that are, you know, misogynistic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I'm actively working on just being ethically, like, responsible as a human being, being very direct and open with everyone. So everyone knows what's going on. I'm single. I'm I'm not going to be your wife. You don't. And if you do, you know what I mean? Just like that must be so hard for them because (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) It's not that hard for them, Maria. It's not that hard. I don't believe that. Like, thank God she left. <laughs> check, check my wallet. Make sure all the cash is still in there. Um, but, it's, it's, but yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like I, I make this effort to be a, a authentic, honest, good, n- not good, but like human being that doesn't want to cause harm and be mm-hmm. truthful. And yeah. I discovered that a lot of people are not like that. Yeah. And a lot of people, mostly, because I sleep with like a whole bunch of different people, but mostly cis men mm-hmm. will that I've slept with have girlfriends or wives sometimes. And they don't tell you. And of course they don't tell me. I yeah. mean, because I wouldn't do it if they did. Right. And they of knew course. that. Oh, no. And it's not happened that many times, but it's happened, I would say, or over the course of my whole single blah blah blah, th- three times, I would say. Wow! And it's it's kind of making me feel like sometimes men are not honest. Oh yeah, sometimes <laughs> men are liars, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I just was thinking about this because it just happened recently. Somebody I was like casually sleeping with. I was like, it's just, it's boring how I found out, but it's like. It's like the classic story. No picture of his girlfriend on his Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. there was one tagged, one tagged picture when I met him. And it was like two, like a woman and him sitting, not touching each other. I was like, that could be his friend. I don't know. Didn't yeah. say anything on there. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's classic men stuff. They hate mm-hmm. posting their girlfriends. And we, it's because they're trying to cheat on you, ladies. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like no information that I there was no way I would have known right yeah yeah there's no way for you to know mm-hmm. but 
but then I saw that somebody tagged him in a picture recently and I put two and two together and I was like, all right, bro, goodbye. Did you confront um, him? Yeah, I just like just sent like him a text and then I block him. I okay. blocked him right away. I was just like, yeah. peace out, bro. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, wait, what did I want to say about this? I just, I just like, wh- why, why, why do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can just be single. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to fucking. Yeah. Lie. I don't get that. Yeah. Just like, I'm single. Like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And you're honest about it up front about like, I'm not looking for a relationship, you know, and they could just do the same thing. You know what I think this thing is? I feel like also people like that who do that are also like, I would never be polyamorous. And it's like, oh, but you're fine being like, not like not ethically (laughs) non-monogamous, but you're like, polyamorous is disgusting. And it's like, but you're cheating on your girlfriend <laughs> yeah and then i also, well because they're like i want to sleep with anyone but i don't want my girlfriend to sleep with anybody do you know what i mean yeah and i also yeah. feel like another part of that is it's it's like it's like um it's condescending to you to be like um yes. oh she it's condescending to you and their other partner to be like oh they would never go for this or they would never be I mean, not for you, like, because they're in a relationship, but, like, for them to tell their partner, like, hey, I want to see other people. It's, like, just them assuming they wouldn't want that or, like, assuming they want the same thing. I feel like men do that a lot where they just Mm. are, like, well, women all want to be married. And Mm -hmm. so I have to lie to them and I have to manipulate them because they wouldn't – because they just want to all be married. And they there's no way they would possibly want, like, an open relationship or whatever. It is definitely condescending. It's like removing the ability to it's it's a consent thing to emotionally yeah, consent because mm-hmm. they don't trust that women are like intellectual enough or something emotionally like whatever. But I just want to show you this funny because I Googled it. And I was like talking to my friend earlier, like he had a girlfriend. I went over to his apartment and my friends were like, how did you not know? I was like, there's not there was no sign. There were two things I should have. This was uh, maybe I'm stupid. There was a uh, there was a Celine purse hanging in near the door, and I was like, "What is this?" And he said, "Well, my ex left it here." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "Can I have it?" I'm <laughs> Three thousand dollar purse, ladies. And oh I was God. like, "Yeah." And I was just like, "Oh, she left." And now, now looking back, I'm like, "Who the fuck is leaving a Celine purse behind?" Yeah, yeah, no, no. of no, course no. not. What the fuck was I thinking? And then the funny, the other thing is that uh, the other thing that I saw, this is, these are the only two things that I saw, by the way, was I saw this book, Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered, uh, by the by the podcast host of the very popular murder, true crime podcast, My Favorite Murder. And I was like, there's no way in hell a man is reading, reading this, this, Stay yeah. Sexy and what? Don't Get Murdered. Yeah, that doesn't and then, make sense. <laughs> those two those those are the only two things i saw but yeah. that i should have put two and two together mm-hmm. but he did he was like well my ex like left her, her stuff here and i was like yeah so even if i said what's up with this book he, he would have been like my ex left this yeah. book here do you know what i mean yeah no you i mean you it's not your fault for not putting two and two together when someone's literally just like gaslighting you <laughs> yeah they're just like lying. literally yeah so it's like um yeah, it's so frustrating. Um, yeah, because you're just 
being honest and it's like why can't they just be honest too I ha- I really feel like a lot of men that cheat and I'm going to be honest everyone cheats like I'm not saying it's only men yeah. but I think that they're and so maybe I shouldn't say that but like people who cheat I feel like they have something where they will never admit this but I think part of it is that they enjoy that somebody is getting hurt do you know what I mean yeah yeah like they like that they like being sneaky otherwise they would just be like me like single right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's probably also an element of like yeah like you said like they don't want to let that other person go or like they don't want to let that other person like have the freedom that they want when they could just like have a conversation with them about like what they want and they just won't they want to do whatever they want to do and then when they come home they want somebody to be there for them which is very it's just fucked up it's like you're a shitty person if that's your mo you know Mm -hmm. um and then Oh, and this is the funny story in the same vein. One of the people that I said that also ended up having a girlfriend and my people like, and obviously I'm meeting these fucking people on like hookup apps. So they're, Mm -hmm. they're on there with the intention to cheat. And like, it just, you just like, it doesn't occur to you, you know, like I have faith in people when I meet someone, it doesn't come to me right away that they're cheaters and they're Mm -hmm. lying and shit like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so this one other this this happened a while ago, but this is actually a really funny story. So I went on a date with somebody, and like we kissed a little bit, and then we were in like the neighborhood that he lives in, and so like I was like, oh, okay, well I'm gonna go home, I guess. And like we were, he was walking me to the subway station, and I was like doing the calculation in my head, like am I gonna go over or is he gonna come with me? Like just seeing what happens, and like the subway stop the subway like entrance was like a block and a half away like I saw it I was walking towards it and next to it there was a like a woman walking towards us and I didn't notice her but I noticed afterward that he like saw the woman and said by the way I didn't tell you something (laughs) he was talking so fast he's like by the way I didn't tell you but I have a girlfriend and we can't really like I just wanted to make it clear to you because I don't want you to think that there's gonna there's gonna be anything that happens and also this is my girlfriend walking towards us right now what (laughs) that happened yeah oh my god and his girlfriend because he fucking lives in that neighborhood was walking just randomly going home or whatever and so she like saw him and started walking towards us and he said all of that to me uh, and then and then (laughs) as soon as she and then as soon as she walked up to him they hugged and kissed and i was standing there like that's so crazy and and i was like sitting there like all this shit was like I was like, what, what, what? Like trying to figure out what was happening. And then I was like, okay, but, and then like, because we were walking like right there when she did that, they hugged and kissed. And he was like, oh, this is my friend. Like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. And then I just like went to the sub, like went into, but I'm going to go home now. Bye. And I went in the subway (laughs) and I was like sitting on the subway. Like what the fuck just happened? That's insane. What the fuck just happened? And the fucked up shit is first, I felt like I I did something wrong. Like I was Mm -hmm. like hitting on this guy and, oh, I feel so bad. He has a girlfriend. He didn't he couldn't tell me because I'm creepy. And then I was like, wait, no, no. He literally texted me like, do you want to get a drink? Like a fucking like until that moment, it was 100 percent. This is a fucking date. We like kissed at the bar. Yeah. No, it's not. I did. And you met him on an app. 
No, he was actually this person was like my friend. Okay. Friends, fr- I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say exactly how I know him, but like yeah. friends, friends, you met in friends, person. friends, 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 friends. Yeah, yeah okay. something like that. <laughs> and so, <laughs> did not know anything about him, obviously. And mm-hmm. same thing, his Instagram zero hint that there was a girlfriend. Nobody, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Nothing. Yeah. Um, and I. So and then it dawned on me what had actually happened. I was like, no, I wasn't being creepy. He literally asked me on a date and then literally just got caught. Right. Yeah. And so I got home and he had like called me a bunch. I missed a bunch of calls. And so I just texted him. I was like, what What the fuck is your problem, bro? Like, why didn't you tell me I have a girlfriend? And he was like, I'm so sorry. That was like my bad, blah, blah, blah. And he was like still trying to talk to me. And I just like blocked him in the middle of him like texting me. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's my funny story. <laughs> is that funny or sad i don't know jury's still out yeah a little bit of both <laughs> wow that's so wild that he just that he was like saying it to you so fast as she was walking up it's so crazy <laughs> I, t- I, I just remember he, he was like i have to tell you something i haven't told you something i have a girlfriend and so like we like blah 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 and then he said something like just in case i don't want you to get the wrong idea he said something like that and i was like what do you mean wrong idea and and i still didn't notice her walking toward me so i was like yeah what? you were like what, why what the, why are you talking so fast <laughs> yeah and then they fucking kissed oh <gasps> that's so crazy <laughs> And she was fucking gorgeous. Oh, my God. She was so hot. It was so embarrassing. I was like, oh, no. She's so hot. I think she was like Brazilian or something. I was like, no. But also you had like no idea. It's like. Yeah. I don't know. Like my brain was short circuiting. I didn't know what to think. I was just standing there like, okay, well, I'm going to go now. Bye. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh my god. Uh anyway. Wow. That's that's my sad story. I'm just just a lesson to all the listeners out there. Sometimes men be lying. You know, not other people too, not only men. Mm-hmm. You gotta watch mm-hmm. out for these people you meet on field because they yeah. some of them are lying. And you know, men cheating or not, a man will never post his fucking girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't mean he's cheating. Doesn't mean he's cheating, but Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um so anyway that's my sad story um what what is your sad story thank you for sharing <laughs> um you know I was like thinking a lot about what to share <sighs> yeah it's really heavy and it's really hard to talk about because it feels really isolating and scary But I got, like, trapped in this, you know, abusive relationship, and it was the darkest time of my life, and I felt like I was just disappearing before my eyes, and I didn't know where I was going, and I just couldn't understand what was happening to me, and it was so confusing. This person just made me feel so worthless but then you know it would be that cycle of like building me up just to break me down again and then if I would bring up how I was feeling like they would just be like that didn't happen I never did that what are you talking about or like you're being too sensitive or like you're just playing the victim I think what is 
the hardest about it is not just the experience itself, but like the aftermath of it and like getting out of that experience and trying to share it with people because like the entire world gaslights you about your experience too. And then it's even more isolating because I don't like to talk about it and I don't like to share share it with people because their reactions are always to like make me justify what I went through, which is awful because I'm like surprised that I'm alive right now. Like I am a survivor and like when I say, you know, I'm a survivor of domestic violence, they're like, oh, so like, did he hit you? And I hate when people ask that question because that's them kind of being like, qualify this as abuse. And if you don't qualify it for me as this definition of how I define it, then you're wrong. And that didn't happen to you. And mm. that feels even more like I feel crazy. Um, <laughs> people don't just believe your own experience. And it's hard mm. to even believe yourself when you've been like trapped in someone else's reality that they've created for you. And they've like slowly like poisoned your brain like little by little every day with like mm. small things that just build up and up until you're like, it just feels like, being like kicked into a grave over and over again and you're like hey wait I'm here and they're like no you're not you're dead why are you trying to talk mm -hmm. right now like you're dead you're a dead person and when you do open up about your experience people are like so tell me exactly what happened so I can so I can um decide whether or not what you went through is valid mm. I feel like people always throw around that quote like the Maya Angelou quote that's like Oh, people may not remember what you said or what you did, but they'll always remember how they made you feel. Mm. Or you'll you'll always remember how they made you feel. Mm -hmm. And they and they use that quote all the time, but not when it pertains to like victims of abuse. Someone's like, "Oh, he made me feel worthless or he made me feel like I want to die." And they're like, "Prove it, bitch. What did he do? What did he say?" <laughs> no, what did he do? Yeah. yeah. And it's really confusing and it's hard to explain. Another reason I'm scared is like, I mean, you see how women are treated that come forward and you see how they're yeah. treated in the media. You see how they're treated in the courtroom. You see how like they're made fun of, they're mocked. Everyone has an opinion about it. And so it makes mm -hmm. you just want to like shut up and not say anything because you're like, well, if that's what they're doing to her, what are they going to do to me? Mm -hmm. And it's really scary. And uh, And I feel like another aspect of this is like when you see it depicted on screen and stuff mm -hmm. domestic violence or like abusive relationships it's always like okay she got out and that's the happy ending yeah and that's like not true at all you know it's like you're left with ptsd and like a lot of people are like well if it wasn't physical abuse then it wasn't abuse and it's like yeah but psychological abuse like affects your body like i was yeah. hospitalized like multiple times you know for like illnesses and I still have like long-term like physical ailments because of what I experienced and I'm not asking for anything from anyone except mm -hmm. to just I'm sorry that happened to you 
I mean, most people can't even do that. They just want you to prove something to them. It's really isolating and it's really lonely. I feel a lot of shame. What yeah. what do you think your shame is surrounding? I think my shame is surrounding that people think I'm I'm stupid to have been caught in that experience or like I like being treated bad like that's something people say about women like oh she must like mm. being treated badly and it's like that's not it at all like you're being brainwashed by this person that keeps mm-hmm. you in this cycle and it's not that you like being treated badly it's that you hope that that person that they appeared to be when you first met them well i you know first i think it's very important for me to establish that i 100% not only believe you but i understand i think what you said that was very important is that the psychological like imprint that it leaves on you and how you're seeing like that is something that you're just like living with for however many years afterward I think that's like very important that you address that and it is very much like yes of course the first step was you physically removing yourself from this situation and that was like it was like um a, a, a victory right like how you're saying like people like if they hear about it like or see a movie about it they're like yeah she left but um I think it's very important that you like brought up the fact that it's not over once you leave then you have to fucking work on all this other stuff that was like drilled into you you know you have to like become a person again you know like you've had your whole humanity like stripped away from you and you've had their their voice of who you Mm -hmm. are then you start to adopt that voice yeah i think the important part of what you said i think First of all, it's I can totally, even though I don't have experience, um, your experience, I can totally see people being like, well, did he hit you? Let me see the picture of the fucking black eyes and the broken arms and the cigarette burns or something. Let me see that evidence, which is so ridiculous because if anyone's ever been through any sort of trauma, like psychological, emotional trauma is just so so much more intense than you know like just only physical trauma like obviously i'm not talking about if someone beat you that's two that's psychological and physical abuse yeah but but like if you fell off a a bicycle and you broke your arm it's like you're fine but that's very different than the psychological impact of like somebody purposely harming you psychologically and it just it's so ridiculous that people can't wrap their heads around the intensity of psychological abuse in the aftermath of that and i also think the hard thing about psychological abuse and you mentioned like the gaslighting and the constant gaslighting and the the um the fact that when you're a victim of it you're perpetually questioning your reality because you're you don't know what's real and what what this person is saying is real and mm-hmm. then to come out of that and then have people question your reality and be like are you sure that's abuse because he your arms aren't broken and and Mm -hmm. then and then the societal view of it like you were saying like watching other women who are people of abuse 
get like attacked by society and now everybody online is commenting well is she lying and do we believe her and is that did that really happen and and like that's just like so traumatizing because that's what, what was happening to you in that relationship and now other people have continued that and i think that's mm -hmm. like that's like really fascinating that you are addressing that and i think it's really important yeah you know i even like went to a lot of therapists during that time and they didn't help me they didn't tell me what was happening to me i tried to like articulate it and they were not helpful and mm. Like they, I just don't think they were qualified to help me. Maybe mm. that's like another aspect of like, there's just not good care and there's not good education around yeah. like helping women in these situations and getting help is really hard because I think also like friends or family, like trying to say what's happening to you. Um, it's, it's really hard. And then they don't know how to help because you're acting, you're like operating in this state of survival and you're like dissociated from yourself to yeah. like dissociate yourself from the pain. And mm -hmm. so you don't even know, like, you're just like acting not like yourself. And you're like, is this who I am? Um, I'm fascinated by like just reading the little that I've read about it, where it's like, it's almost like victims of trauma act in a way that they that make them unlikable to other people or other people are reading mm -hmm. those traits as unlikable and that's like really fascinating to me mm -hmm. and very sad yeah yeah i think yeah. like you're doing anything you can like you're grasping on to anything you can to just try to feel okay oh and then also i was gonna say the psychological like just back to that whole concept of you having to go through something and then leaving the situation and other people are kind of doing the same thing to you over and over like if you use like the physical domestic violence like as like analogy then it's like say you know you're with a partner that hits you and then you leave him and then every time you meet someone else and tell them about it they also hit you it's like you're doing the thing mm -hmm. that I, and it's like so slippery when you're with like a manipulative gaslighter for you to hold on to reality because they're mm -hmm. like trying to gaslight you and you're like no 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 this is the truth and you get the truth and then you leave and other people are like is it the truth though is it and mm -hmm. you're like ah, i can't i can't take this i can't do this with everybody yeah it's it must feel really scary yeah and then you don't yeah it's like it's isolating you're like well i guess i'm not going to tell anyone about this ever again and i'm not going to yeah. talk about it because i don't i don't want like to be just dismissed and diminished and like whatever I experienced didn't happen or isn't real because I know that it is and it took me so long to realize it yeah um you know yeah. like that person like so that person tried to kill me you know and people might think of that as like oh my gosh they pulled out a gun and tried to shoot you yeah you could try to kill someone that way or you could kill them slowly with like just like poisoning their brain until they like get to a point where they no longer want to live and that's yeah. what happens to a lot of domestic violence victims is they kill themselves yeah and they so these abusers get away with mm. murder without ever touching them and i'm also just like so scared to talk about it too because i'm like well now 
I'm going to talk about this experience and now there's going to be like a target on my back for other manipulative people to try to come in and like manipulate me and they're going to know that I'm susceptible to it. I'm hopeful that you do have the tools to make sure that this type of person, you know, you're you're not going to be like in a relationship with somebody like that. I think that you probably are, are very well equipped to see if anyone it does display that kind of behavior it's hard to see like it's hard to it's yeah it's like okay red flags okay it's like oh if someone's like negging me up front like obviously okay red flag but then sometimes people are being really nice and then you're like oh are they love bombing me because they're like being overly nice and they're like bringing me flowers or whatever and then it's like it's so it's like just so hard to know it's like hey women if a man is like being mean to you then like obviously get away but if he's being nice to you that's also a red flag and it's like there's like so you can't trust any it's like what do i do (laughs) what yeah if he, i'm like what if he's reading stay sexy and stay alive i'm like he's a feminist no he has a full-blown girlfriend <laughs> yeah like, what um no uh no i i i totally identify with that it's fucking it's so rough like oh my god especially if like because you know like all the people i'm talking about that i'm just like casually having sex with i don't give a shit like whatever like i like this it sucks that you have a girlfriend i feel bad for her but i don't give a you know like go Mm -hmm. away forever but Mm -hmm. whenever i meet someone and i actually have strong feelings for them that's when it's so scary and i'm like i'm like i i i am in love with this person he is a murderer do you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's just like Mm -hmm. so like terrifying (laughs) and it's it's exactly that i'm like is this a red flag or am i absolutely insane Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean and um it's so hard and i find myself constantly like asking my friends and discussing it with other people because i've lost the ability to sort of understand reality or trust my own reality because i've been constantly made to question it you Mm -hmm. know because i have psychological abuse and gaslighting and you no longer know you if you can even trust your own judgment because you're like well i thought it was fine last time and you know that that guy was psycho you don't like that so i'm like is this normal that's like what i'm always saying to my friend yes yeah me too i feel like i'm constantly questioning like what is real and it's really difficult yeah yeah as of today do you if anyone's listening and they're kind of in the same spot as you, you know, they're like sort of processing all this stuff, the aftermath of dealing with a relationship like this, what is like one piece of advice that you, that you think has helped you the most while struggling with this? Um, I think it's that trying to seek validation from people who are like committed to misunderstanding you Mm. is not it, especially the abuser. You're not going to get closure from them. You're not going to, they're not going to admit they did anything to you because they don't think they did anything wrong. You're not going to get that from them. You're not, you may not even get it from your close friends or your family or your family. Yeah. I I already know that. (laughs) And uh, so what you need, to do and and i mean the the only thing that helped me was this one specific therapist that i found that was actually like 
a trauma-informed therapist who, mm. like, knew how to help me. And I did EMDR therapy, which really helps me. What is EMDR again? I think one of our former guests talked about that. It's kind of like you could either do... There's different ways that therapists do it. Some of it is, like, your eye movements, and you have to, like, follow their yeah. finger while they, like, lead you through this exercise some of it is like you have to tap on yourself or like tap on your legs or something but it's basically like to keep you physically in the room while you go back and remember traumatic events because Mm. your body is like still stuck in the trauma and you still feel that it's still happening to you Mm -hmm. and emdr is supposed to like bring you out of it to Mm. realize that you're actually here now and you're actually safe now Mm-hmm. so that you can like stop having panic attacks and like stop being like stuck in the past yeah i've heard that's really effective and i think it's very fascinating that there's like a physical component to it because you you know like psychological abuse people think of it as like this abstract thing but it's actually your brain is a physical part of your body and you can retrain it. it's like a muscle and i mm-hmm. i think that's like really fascinating and in in a lot of ways exactly like what you said Damaging your brain is physical damage, right? And it's mm-hmm. way harder to fix. Well, not mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word fix, but like... Yeah, and I don't want to say that like psychological is worse than physical abuse or anything because oh, like no, you no. said, physical yeah. is, is also psychological. Is psycho- and, yeah. you know, it's, it's all wrapped up, but like to say that it's not valid at all is like just so wrong. No, and I think it's an important point. You said that somebody is basically killing you. Mm-hmm. by by not using their hands using their words right. and pe- you know i always think this um when i think about bullying like children bullying mm-hmm. it's base. it's like so many children kill other children but we don't see it that way because we're like oh this kid killed themselves because they were sad i'm like no no the other children mm-hmm. killed that child yeah they literally did Mm-hmm. That child would not would be alive if it weren't for those other children. And we should recognize that. But yeah, because there's no physical violence. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you can't put kids in jail for bullying another kid to death, which is so bizarre mm-hmm. to me, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you're <sighs> so right. And there's so much like stigma around that, too, of like, you know, and they say like when when kids like die by suicide they they say like commit suicide like they did this they committed this they did this to themselves this was something that was done to them it's so sad because there's so much like you said like stigma and victim blaming Mm -hmm. because there's this idea that we're all supposed to have this mental fortitude and strength like we're not all supposed to be strong enough to stand up to psychological (laughs) harassment and it's like, yeah. you know, how? I mean? I'm sorry, how? <laughs> what are you like? How are we supposed to stand up to that? You know, like you see these big kids beating up a little kid and you can see like this is a smaller child. That child is going to be harmed by the bigger child. And then it's the same thing where these children that have like bullying mental, like whatever it's called, behaviors are going to pick mm-hmm. on a, a kid that's weaker you know, that's more mm-hmm. susceptible to that. I don't like mm-hmm. the word weaker, but just yeah, more susceptible. I, yeah, like you said, like it's not like, oh, one person has a stronger mind or the other person has a weaker mind, but it's like that person is just like 
they know how to manipulate people for whatever reason. And the other person is just like, well, why would I manipulate anyone when I could just like live my life? I'm just living my life. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have no impulse to do that. Yeah. Because they're they're just more open and they don't know. They have no experience with that. So they're like, la, la, la. It's so sad. Yeah. I think that's how I felt that I was just like, oh, well, I'm just like not really out to get anyone. I'm just kind of yeah trying to live my life. Exactly. That's exactly. So yeah. why would anyone be out to get me? Why would why would anyone do this to me? And so when you meet these like abusers, you're like, what is happening? Like, how can this be? Ha- why would this person want to do this? Is there anything funny about it? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying. <laughs> no. Try the concept of the podcast in. Is there anything uh, funny about it? <laughs> I I don't know. We got a few laughs in with the with the stay sexy and stay alive. Is that what it's called? Stay sexy and stay alive. Let me yeah. tell. <laughs> that's my advice for anyone suffering from post uh, psychological uh, abuse. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. Okay. Stay, yeah, oh, sexy, stay sexy and don't get murdered. And don't get murdered. Wow, I feel that like actually... that's kind of like words to live by. Yeah, it kind of works for both of us. We gotta, yeah. just, Maria. We just gotta stay sexy and not get murdered, and that's it. That's all we have to mm-hmm. worry about in this life. Yeah, I feel like a lot of like this year that's been tied in for me has been, like I said, like rest and healing, but also just like embracing that, like I'm hot and like I'm an yeah. attractive person because for you so are. long I thought that I was like unlovable and like that's ridiculous disgusting and ugly because of the way i was being treated and this year i was just finally like oh like i'm i'm a beautiful person like i'm attractive like people are attracted to me that's crazy because i just thought i was like worthless scum i feel like like, yeah like be what is it be sexy and don't get murdered (laughs) stay sexy stay sexy you know maria if you feel like if you feel like you haven't done enough this year or this week or whatever at least you stayed sexy. Yes. <laughs> and you didn't get murdered. And you didn't get murdered. Yes. Two, <laughs> one and two. Two things that, that should, I've done to this day. <laughs> that should be our to-do list every day. And if we get that done, that's like so enough. <laughs> I'm going to write so that down enough. every morning above yes. everything else. Like, <laughs> Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. Mm-hmm. send that email to the about the health insurance you know like, that's gonna go on top of my date my to-do list every single mm-hmm. day i think that's a great one and two for a to-do list check the tagged photos of anyone that you're sleeping with <laughs> thoroughly um, they're not gonna get me again maria that's, <laughs> it's not gonna you're not gonna get me again <laughs> i mean i keep saying that to myself too so yeah I don't want to be tricked again. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was such an interesting conversation. I am so sorry that you went through all that. And it was, you know, I know it was very hard for you to talk about it. And it is very sad. But I also feel hopeful for you. And I think what you what you mentioned, all these little nuances of that specific situation is going to be extremely helpful for people to hear, especially people who have been in similar situations. Um but yeah, I just want to I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me and like allowing me the space to talk about it, like the safe space. And yeah, and I hope that I hope at the very least it will help other people. 
too, because I wish that I had like had access to information a lot sooner. Well, where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, it's just at my first and last name at Maria Dakotas. M A R I A D E C O T I S. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, you can follow the podcast at Harry Butthole Podcast on Instagram or me. You can follow me at YM Mayor or Young Me Mayor on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week. Bye.